Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome one, welcome all. It is Monday Football Monday, the premiere show here on the SB Nation NFL show. He is Pete Sweeney from ArrowheadPride.com. I am RJ Ochoa from BloggingTheBoys.com. We are your Monday Football Monday duo, and we are excited to talk all things National Football League. As we always do here on the SB Nation NFL show, we remind you to subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show, available on all major podcast platforms. Make sure you leave a rating, ride a review. Those things are massively appreciated. Pete, have you taken a gander at the latest reviews that we have gotten over on the SB Nation NFL show feed. They're coming in hot. They're coming in fresh. Uh, it looks like, to me, a lot of five-star reviews, which we, of course, uh, appreciate. Everyone seems to to like you, Cowboys fans or not, which, you know, I, I wouldn't say I'm surprised by that. I'm surprised that it, it seems like it's close to 100% of the people who write into us seem to really enjoy some RJ. Even, I believe, the writer or the I should say the reviewer who was complaining about you singing gave us five stars so I found that surprising as well yeah well so this review might be something you appreciate then Um, our latest review five star review shout out uh, once of course to us I suppose uh, comes to us from Crane Holmes it is titled football talk or Tamagotchi fan club with a question mark Mm. Uh, I'm just going to read it verbatim as I always do I was 100% in on RJ's that he is my most tolerated Cowboys fan, parentheses, low bar, until his trash Nickelback opinion. I feel if you defend a band with Creed as your argument, you've just dug yourself a deeper hole. Maybe there are a lot of closet Creed fans that will start enjoying your show now, though, which is okay with me if it helps feed Michael Kiss's family. Um, certainly hope the Kiss family is eating well. Um, right. I will I will say, Pete, I have definitely defended Nickelback on the SB Nation NFL show airwaves. However, the Creed comparison was made by one Brandon Lee Galton, uh, he BLG of the Oddcast. We will hear from Rob Stats Guerrero of the Oddcast momentarily. Uh, but your thoughts on Nickelback as a whole, I suppose. Now, now or never, Pete. Yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan. Uh, you know, I, I personally uh, have never made it as a wise man, and I couldn't really cut it as a poor man stealing and I'm tired of living like a blind man. I'm sick of sight without a sense of feeling. And this is how you remind me uh, of what I really am. Wow. Is that uh, that your favorite Nickelback song? Because there's mm. there's like a hierarchy. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, no, yeah, I was just I just wanted to discuss the band. Uh, there's a few songs uh, that that, you know, you could you could say, all right, I, I could throw this on and, and I could jam. The problem I think that I find with Nickelback, right, is you put on a second song, maybe a third or a fourth. And you you start to realize every single song sounds the same. A- right. And that, I think, is my main problem with Nickelback. Uh, Pete, I, I like to ask people this question, and you are one of the more eccentric people that I know, so I'll go ahead and yes. do it here. What is your favorite song at the moment? 
Like right now, these these days, what is your, you know, you open your Spotify, Apple Music, you know, what's you're, you're on the treadmill, you're looking to pump yourself up, hit the jams. What's what's the song you're going for? Um, well, right now, I have found that when you're on the treadmill, like I don't like to necessarily listen to music only because I, I think it gets boring after a while, like 10 minutes. I, I'm going for 60 minutes on the treadmill, so I like to throw uh, something on the TV, but it, you know, maybe I'm running outside and, and I'm jamming out. I, I like uh, Justin Bieber featuring Chance the Rapper. Holy, I mean, what a jam! Uh, it picks up. Uh, you have the choir at a certain point where, where it comes in, I, and and if you haven't listened to it, uh, go to your Spotify app. But you're probably on Spotify when you're when you're done here with the uh, Monday Football Monday show, and, and go give the Biebs and Chance the Rapper a little listen if you haven't heard it yet. Peach is also a great tune, also topical this time of year. Uh, yes. Peaches, you, you think of the South, Southern flavors. Right. The, mas- the Masters wrapped up this past weekend. This was kind of an interesting weekend, Pete, for us uh, in that I obviously got to enjoy the Masters. Golf, kind of my biggest thing outside of the NFL. For you, it's clearly uh, wrestling. It was WrestleMania. Mm. I saw right. you. You know, you had a big old soiree. Uh, it looked great. It looked like you had a great cake going on. So I'm, I'm glad that you're you're refreshed from, um, you know, an enthusiastic perspective, I suppose. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and and you know, spoiler alert here: if you have not seen WrestleMania, I know that sometimes you can watch it on a replay. But uh, Roman Reigns, what a sign of disrespect to the wrestlers, stacking them up, mm. Edge and Daniel Bryan before pinning them and then retaining the title. Very rarely does a heel, what they call in the business, go over at the end of WrestleMania, and there was Roman Reigns standing tall uh, last night. Real surprising, and uh, I'm excited to see what happens uh, later this week on Friday Night SmackDown. Good times, good times. Uh, Pete Sweeney, the Roman Reigns of the Espionation NFL show, people are saying. <laughs> uh, Pete, today we're going to talk about uh, things that have surprised us. In fact, the, the most surprising things of the NFL offseason so far. Some things will continue to surprise us in a couple of weeks when the NFL draft hits us. We're also going to talk the opposite end of that spectrum, things that did not surprise us, things that are the least surprising uh, mm-hmm. throughout all of the NFL moves this offseason. Uh, so uh, we bring in who is um, who's a really controversial wrestler. Like, give me, give me I, this isn't my forte, but give me someone that like really sparks a lot of criticism when they enter the ring. I, I think you can make a case for for the man I just talked about, Reigns and or John Cena over the years. Uh, mm. Fans would get up in arms about, you know, them getting too many opportunities. So you could call them polarizing figures in <laughs> WWE. Well, we now welcome, uh, I suppose, the John Cena of the SB Nation NFL show to our lovely brigade here. Rob Stats Guerrera, he of the Oddcast, he of the Look Ahead. Robert, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on Monday, Football Monday. How goes it, amigo? You can see me, and it goes well. What's up, guys? So, Rob, um, are you a wrestling fan? Are you Uh, Not really now, but I was a huge wrestling fan as a kid. I mm. went to WrestleMania 11 in Connecticut. It was on my birthday. That was the WrestleMania where Lawrence Taylor fought Bam Bam Bigelow in the main event. It was fantastic. Mm, I was right actually on. at WrestleMania 10 the year before in Madison Square Garden. So, yeah, so I was a huge fan when I was younger. More look casual now. More look casual. At, look at you, East Coast guys. All right, cool. Well, uh, I have <laughs> a feeling whatever matrimony was hanging out here is about to dissipate because, Rob, uh, as I mentioned, we are going to discuss the most surprising things in the NFL offseason so far. The first was suggested by one Pete Sweeney. Uh, quarterback moves, obviously, this offseason was hyped up to being uh, really the offseason of quarterback moves. Adam Schefter took the over, what was it, like 18, 18 and a half. Um, he kind of like weaseled his way out of it. Like, oh, I'm talking week one starters from last year or whatever. Um, and yeah, we've seen some seismic things, I suppose. Uh, but the ones that Pete really mentioned 
or Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers. I think Pete's thinking the the destination specifically. The San Francisco 49ers, which is why you were here, moving up to number three overall, and the Philadelphia Eagles being all in on Jalen Hurts. So we'll get to the Niners in just a moment. Stats, first, your opinion on the Carolina Panthers being the team to believe in Sam Darnold. I I don't get it. Like, I don't understand what anybody sees in this guy. If he wasn't drafted where he was picked, I don't know why anyone would have interest in him. And for the people that say, well, he was in a bad situation in New York, that's true. But he had the same turnover issues at USC. So it's not like it was a new thing brought on by Adam Gase. This is who Sam Darnold is. He has shown you who he is. It's not going to change. Pete, your thoughts? Yeah, I just was surprised that he ended up in Carolina. We knew at the beginning of the offseason, right, the Carolina Panthers were at least rumored to be interested in Deshaun Watson. That situation has gone off the rails. Obviously, they went away from Watson. And Darnold, it seemed like, was their B choice here, their second choice. And above Teddy Bridgewater, I think there's a lot of elements to this. Matt Rule reportedly really, really liked Darnold in the pre-draft process because Darnold uh, was all about the team, the culture, the discipline, not necessarily the scheme and rule, I think, sees Darnold as as a leader. And uh, what is, I think, good for Darnold is that, I mean, it was a mess in New York. And there they are with the second pick. And you're wondering exactly what's going to happen here. I think it also raises the question of where Teddy Bridgewater will go. And I, I thought what was really interesting about the situation was just how honest, honest the Jets general manager was, Joe Douglas, about uh, exactly why they moved on from Darnold. What was really interesting is that they said if their pick was a little bit later, uh, pretty much if, if they weren't going to be able to, to get Zach Wilson, they were planning to keep Darnold. And what I thought was brutal honesty was saying, you know, we probably look at this as a way to reset financially. And, you know, when we're pundits and we're reporters and we're analyzing this on the podcast uh, network, we always mention like the advantage of having a quarterback on what is a a rookie contract. You had Darnold Steele coming up and this was just a blatant admittance to, okay, we don't care if, if Darnold was a guy that we might might have kept because, you know, they probably view Wilson as someone that is going to be better uh, or at least the same as what Darnold can provide. And so they said, all right, let's, let's try to uh, take advantage of the next four or five years of having, you know, this guy under what will be a rookie contract. And uh, I, I just, I, I think it's crazy that they then, move Darnold when they believe him that much because of that financial factor. I just I think that's a really interesting part of what was the deal for uh, to him to go to the Panthers. I think everything yeah. you both said is true. Um, I will say I'm kind of disappointed in the NFC South overall. Like the Buccaneers literally just won the Super Bowl, right? And it's literally this like super annoying thing because it's Tom Brady and it's all that Pete. I know T's and P's. Um, but so the Saints, you know, and we'll get to that later. Um, spoiler alert in terms of our least surprising things. But they're, you know, okay, let's run it back with Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. What are you doing? The Falcons will always find a way to Falcon, as, as we all know. And like, this is your answer. Panthers like to to be competitive is Sam Darnold um it is very perplexing nonetheless um stats had San Francisco been the team to trade for Sam Darnold how would you have felt oh I would have you would have been hearing the expletives from Connecticut because I would have been it's horrible and you talk about you know competing with your division the Rams move heaven and earth to get rid of Jared Goff and bring in Stafford the Seahawks of course have Russell Wilson the Cardinals are adding you know JJ Watt and AJ Green not that those are you know what they used to be but they're all making moves and I think that was a part of the reason that the 49ers traded up to number three and didn't settle for Sam Darnold or someone like that 
everybody in the NFC West is taking big swings and the 49ers had to do the same thing. And I think that's part of the reason that they did. Would you say that the 49ers are desperate? Not that that's a bad thing. Like, I feel like people hear that word and they immediately jump to it being bad. But to your point, I mean, they're watching everybody else improve in different capacities. Is San Francisco, is Kyle Shanahan feeling the heat? Uh, I wouldn't say desperate, but I do think there's a sense of urgency. And I think there was a sense of just frustration. Just the patience had run out with Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, he could maybe be good enough if he stays healthy. Like they just couldn't play that game anymore. So they decided to cut bait, move on. It didn't hurt their cap, or at least they're going to move on from Jimmy, despite what everybody says. And they just ran out of patience. And so they made this move and they're, you know, they're starting a new chapter. Isn't there something though about the move that promotes in a sense patience like I you know I witnessed here in in Kansas City drafting Patrick Mahomes and them basically saying well Alex Smith you're gonna have one year uh here and Alex Smith had the best you know year of his career and ended up getting a, a big deal with uh what was the Washington football team uh after that and and I I just I think they're trying to replicate that in a sense I, I think they're going to draft a quarterback if you believe what they've said in the press conferences Jimmy G is going to get the year and in a perfect scenario, they can trade him this next offseason and then go with whoever the younger quarterback it is that they decide to take. And and so uh, I like that. I, I think that quarterbacks sometimes are thrown into the fire and they're not ready. Sometimes it works out like we saw with uh, Herbert and other times it doesn't like I think we saw with Darnold quite a bit. So I, I think there is a, a, a hair of patient of a patient approach that they're taking in it, um, if you believe you know, the pressers. I mean, I, I guess there's a scenario where a rookie can come in and, and beat out Jimmy G for the job. Stats, uh, the story is well told. We'll live on an SB Nation NFL show lore that you were in the pickup line when you found out about the 49ers training up to number three overall. Um, mm. One to 10, with 10 being uh, 10 being O'Malley uh, being the person riding in Meredith Gray's hand in that one season finale of Gray's Anatomy, and one being like the worst television show of all time, how surprising was the 49ers training up to number three overall to you? If you guys don't get the Grey's Anatomy reference, by the way, I can't be friends with you anymore. <laughs> all right, then. I guess this is over. All right, um, we'll, yeah, let's pack it on up. I would say eight. I thought that they would make a move. I didn't know they were going to go all the way up to three, and I didn't know they were going to give up three first-round picks and a third-round pick. Now, I know they're getting a first-round pick back, but they still traded three. It's the biggest trade in 49ers history, honestly, I think. And so for them to make that move with the state of the roster, like to me, it just says that they think that they are a quarterback away and that they knew what their problem was and they were going to address it by any means necessary. Right on. Uh, the last one that we have stats here for, and I'm sure uh, you'll get into the athletics report uh, about the Philadelphia Eagles on Tuesday's episode of the Oddcast stats. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles being all in on Jalen Hurts. Now, I don't want to throw Pete under the bus, but it is Monday Football Monday, which is kind of the spirit of the show. Uh, Pete put this on the rundown, and I don't totally buy that the Eagles are all in on Jalen Hurts. Um, so I guess that's my question. Like, so that's why I'm not really surprised because I don't think it's real. Uh, do you think they are? I kind of do, and I more so after reading the article that came out in The Athletic, because the gist of the article from The Athletic is that Jeffrey Lurie is way too involved. And there was that report a few weeks ago that said that Lurie has sent down the marching orders that the, the plan is to make Jalen Hurts successful rather than try and get another quarterback. So it leads me to believe that maybe they all they are all in on him, if only because like he was the guy that Roseman and Lurie picked last year. 
Pete, um, I don't know if you had a chance to read this. We record Monday Football Monday in the bright hours of the morning. Um, dark hours since the time change? I really don't know. But uh, either way, uh, one of the opening lines is a quote um, talking about former head coach Doug Peterson. It says, Peterson was ridiculed and criticized for every decision, one source told The Athletic. If you won by three, it wasn't enough. If you lost on a last-second field goal, you're the worst coach in history. If you're Jalen Hurts, why would you want this team to be all in on you? You got to look at the action sometimes because teams are going to say whatever they they want to say and then go in in a direction uh, that they want to go in. And I think once they made that trade with the Dolphins, giving them the sixth pick for what was number 12, a fourth rounder and a 2022 first rounder, you know, they probably realized they were in a position where like they didn't like any of the quarterbacks who might be left. Uh, and more than they did Hurts, not to say necessarily they're all in because uh, they they just believe in Hurts. I just think they were in a scenario where uh, they didn't feel like they were going to get a QB that could compete with them. And they drafted this guy uh, last year. I think he showed plenty during the, the regular season to deserve a, a really what I would call a full campaign to, to get an opportunity here. Uh, Wentz is out of the picture now. You got Flacco backing him up. I think it's a, a scenario where uh, the Eagles, because of their draft position and whatnot, are all in. And at least for this this year, I don't know if it extends past the 2021 season. I just did mention that 2022 first rounder. So I guess they could go in opposite direction uh, next draft. But right now, uh, Hertz is the man and he's going to get an opportunity. And I like to see that he's an exciting player to watch. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure his music of the years for you fantasy dynasty people that had Hertz on the roster because I think he will get 16 games or I should say 17 games. Excuse me. Pete, always looking out for the fantasy fan in the building. Stats, we appreciate you taking the time to join us. Before you leave, I want one-word answers from each of you. Pete, I'll start with you so we can kick stats out after his. Uh, mm -hmm. It was reported by Peter King that uh, there is a new Netflix movie in the works about the season that Sean Payton was suspended, um, right. obviously, in, in the aftermath of Bountygate. The movie is called Home Team, um, so it's going to cover how Sean Payton coached his son's team, um, and they have casted an actor, a well-known actor, to play Sean Payton. Again, one-word answer. Kevin James, according to Peter, Peter King, will uh, play Sean Payton. Pete, your one-word answer. Love. I love it. <laughs> stats you're i know this is hard for you your one word answer diet okay stats appreciate you taking the time to join us can't wait to see the 49ers mess this pick up we'll hear from you on the podcast and the look ahead later this week thanks guys all right, Pete Tweeney, let's keep going. Let's talk more about the League of National Football. Um, this next one I put on the rundown, so yeah. I want full credit for it. The Kansas City Chiefs. Came up shy in free agency. Yeah, we're still talking things we're surprised by. And um, I don't know. I, I know they were linked to Juju Smith-Schuster, but it just feels like – I feel like we, we sometimes see teams that not necessarily lose the Super Bowl, but come up short in some capacity and say, that's never happening again. We're going to go out and fix this. And the Juju thing is like a whole different thing because it's like you move on from your tackles. Um, mm -hmm. I know that they I know that they address offensive line and free agency, but still it just – it feels like they – like they really didn't do enough. Like they're still behind the eight ball in that sense. Yeah, I, I think it it just was a scenario that played out in a way where they were really going all in on the offensive line. They were able to get the best guard on the market and Joe Tooney from the New England Patriots when he became available. They were reportedly and, and confirmed to be really in the mix for what was Trent Williams. And I think they really looked at the tackle market and said, OK, it's Trent Williams. And then we don't really 
like anyone else here. Uh, Eric Fisher is available. Mitch Schwartz is available because they moved on from these players. I think there is an interest in bringing Fisher back if he is healthy and ready to go. He did have that injury uh, in the AFC title game, so they kind of want to see how that plays out, maybe bring him back for a smaller cap number. And I think with the receivers, I, I think you just saw a Chiefs team that was only going to pay what they believed to be the value of these players. And they weren't going to overpay for Juju, who ended up going back to the Steelers. They weren't going to overpay uh, for Josh Reynolds and make their uh, comp pick formula messed up for the, the future season here next year. And so it, it became what it became. Uh, I think where it is most interesting is at that receiver position because Sammy Watkins did go to the Baltimore Ravens, so you have to replace that number three, what would be a receiver target if you you count Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey as your top two there. And so uh, now you're, you have these in-house candidates in Demarcus Robinson is back on a one-year deal. You have Byron Pringle and McCole Hardman. I think there's going to be a receiver that they draft as well. And that's a really interesting role because uh, when Sammy was on the field and it, it was a problem of him staying on the field, the, the offense really ticked. Uh, it was a big position because, um, again, opens things up for uh, Kelsey and a Hill. And if a team is able to cover those guys, then that's when Watkins would really eat. So a grand opportunity. It'll be really fascinating to watch once training camp begins. Wow. You kind of spun around like I was concerned. You know what I mean? But you made me feel a lot better. I feel <laughs> this, is this the least in Patrick Mahomes we trust? It's the ultimate eraser, I, well, I think. And, that's, and it's, it's funny sorry, you bring that up. Well, because I, I was about to say and I know it's it's the offseason, but is this the least that we've heard about Patrick Mahomes? Like, is this is this the longest he's gone without being like the headline or one of the headliners on NFL.com? I know he was at the Masters, and so was Ryan Fitzpatrick, by the way. But like, that, you your thumb is on this certainly well more than yeah. mine. It, it it feels like he's just a little bit more in in obscurity this offseason. Well, I just think there's so many other quarterback storylines mm. with the, with the league where like you have all these dominoes falling, and Patrick Mahomes is not only with a team that obviously is all in on him. He's all in on with them for like the next 11 years. So it's, it's just a boring storyline. I mean, the, the biggest storyline with Patrick Mahomes was uh, him running for his life in the Super Bowl, making diving throws, trying to do everything in his power, but I, you know, just couldn't really overcome what was a backup of backup of backups offensive line and a pretty good defensive front of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And again, you know, they were in on Williams and Mahomes didn't really have a ton to do with that. You know, they need to improve the protection. I think he has gotten a little bit forgotten. And I think uh, he is ultimately motivated. And I mean, I you see it in the odds. I think he's going to win the MVP. Uh, I think he's going to really remind everybody uh, who's the best quarterback in the NFL. I know you're going to laugh at that, but I'm. I'm telling you, uh, it, it does feel like he's been a little bit forgotten and and this kid is different. I mean, I cover him. I know and I know I'm a little bit biased here, but he's going to be ultra motivated to remind the the world, you know, who he is and and that he's the best quarterback in the league. I just feel like, you know, let's get him. Let's get him under the spotlight again. Like maybe the Chiefs should release a new uniform. You know what I mean? And at least yeah. like a photo with him. Like that would be cool. <laughs> like a like an all black uniform, like the ones the 49ers have with the red numbers. I do you get he Chiefs did, fans? Because we get this. He did recently get into the, the NFT business. I, I think he made a couple uh, million dollars with the Museum of Mahomes for charity. I Look, I never thought I would be one of these old guys who just don't understand the new hip thing. But I'll I have found right it. I do not get NFT, but glad that he was able to make, you know, multi millions of dollars for charity. 
Um, do you do, do Chiefs? Because I know Cowboys fans act this way. They always want to see a black uniform. Are there Chiefs? Is there a contingency of Chiefs fans that wants to see that? Because I feel like every team that doesn't yeah. have a black uniform wants to see a black uniform. There, there's a contingent of Chiefs fans that would appreciate a black on black, but I, I think the majority. And, and this is just my belief based on mentions and, and whatnot really do like that. They pretty much keep it classic. Right. I, they do, they do go with a white on white very occasionally. They go with a red on red more often than the white on white, but occasionally on that as well. And other than that, I mean, it's the same jerseys since like 1970 or 1960, you know, 68 or whatever like that. And so I think that's appreciated by the fan base as well. Well, well done. All right. Well, Pete, you wanted to talk about this team, the New England Patriots, and how angrily they spent in free agency. Before uh, I l- allow you to tee off, let me read you a tweet from Mike Tannenbaum, friend of the SB Nation NFL show, who tweeted, over the Patriots' last seven drafts, they have yielded one All-Pro and one Pro Bowler, their punter, Jake Bailey. They have, of their second or their seven second-round picks, zero have been full-time starters for even one season, and they have drafted three second-round cornerbacks in the past seven years combined who have started just three games among them. So maybe that explains the angry spending. I just never thought in a million years that Bill Belichick would be the one that was making the big headline as soon as free agency opened. And I, I just think it spoke volumes to just how dissatisfied he was with how the year went. And, and he didn't have a lot to work with. He had all those opt-outs. Uh, and I, I was so impressed by the fact that they were still able, I believe it was seven and nine record. And they said, look, you know, we're not going to just be in this uh, downward spiral for multiple years. They want to take the division back uh, from the Buffalo Bills, your Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. next season and they go and they make a splash right away uh in getting the tight ends hunter henry and johnny smith kind of really feels like uh they're trying to try to go back to those multiple tight end sets nelson aguilar uh henry anderson kendrick Bourne, matt judon ted karras jalen mills kyle van noise back in the mix and then i think you know you think about those opt-outs coming back uh, with donta hightower and patrick chung and offensive tackle marcus cannon and all of a sudden, I think the Patriots are going to be legitimate. Now, the biggest question is Cam Newton and the quarterback situation and Jared Stidham, or are they going to go and get a rookie quarterback? I know they've been connected in, in ways to Mac Jones. Uh, that, obviously, I, I, I always say this, if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have anything. But uh, Bill Belichick has loaded up, and I think it will be really interesting to watch these two Bills-Patriots games. I'm going to have my eyes on those. I mean, that is a, a very, very interesting a storyline to me entering the 2021 season. I don't know if you know this answer off the top of your head, but if the Patriots were to draft Mac Jones, they'd obviously obviously have to trade up to do it. But if they pulled that off, would they be the first team in NFL history um, to have their top two quarterbacks, no disrespect to Jared Stidham, um, have each other's first name be the other's first name backwards? Because like, can't, <laughs> Cam is Mac backwards. A true, a true race car situation in New England. Yeah, race car civic. I mean, there's a lot of them. You know, that's uh, is that that's a palindrome, right? It's a palindrome. So that'd yes. be cool. Team palindrome. Right. I'm kind of rooting for this now off of that alone. Um, I don't have a whole lot of thoughts on this. I think it, it, it. You're right. It's it's random or it feels random, but it does make sense. Like if this was any other team that experienced the same situation, I don't think we would be surprised. But because it's them, I, it is a little bit. Yeah, dark. and I, I think it's getting overblown the like, idea that. Tom Brady goes down to Tampa and wins the Super Bowl. I think it's less about that and more about the division. Like I, right. I really don't think Bill Belichick liked not being in the mix for the division. 
And that to me is where this angry spending and vengeance came from much more than, than Tom Brady, who's in the other conference. I mean, do I think Bill Belichick would love to play Tom Brady in a Super Bowl situation? I, I do, but I just don't think that was the driving factor. Mm-hmm. Okay, Pete. So our last surprising thing before we move over to the other side of the coin, I, I, I remain stunned by this. Obvious places like Indianapolis, Baltimore, and I'll put Cincinnati in this mix, did not walk away with a wide receiver in free agency and a wide receiver of legitimate caliber. Kenny Galladay obviously ends up with the New York Giants. Um, you know, Allen Robinson didn't exactly get free. Um, I, I don't consider Sammy Watkins to be, you know, that high priced. Uh, no offense to the Chiefs or anything, but yeah. I just, that was really, I, I don't know. Like if, if you're going to be in, be in, you know, like these are places that have been struggling for a wide receiver help and they didn't go out and get it. I mean, like, I'm not even well, saying, it, like, it, it, like it, A.J. Green, like, go get, just give me an option. I mean, like, that's a, a bad one, but it's still something. Indianapolis, to me, has some young receivers on the roster that, you know, are just waiting to break out and Pascal, Pittman, and, and Campbell. So, less sure. for them, but Cincinnati. But they brought back T.Y. Hilton. Like, you know, I know, dude, I know. I know. Gonna be, if you're going to be in on Carson Wentz, you got to be in on Carson Wentz. I think they're they're primed to to take some kind of target that they feel good about in the NFL draft. Look at Cincinnati. And I mentioned the the dynasty leagues, big win for people who own T Higgins and Tyler Boyd. My goodness. I think Burrow to Boyd is going to be uh, the go-to, you know, receiver quarterback combo in Cincinnati. And then, you know, I did mention Watkins. Watkins is a big target and he's a talented receiver. And Last offseason, that article came out through Bleacher Report. Tyler Dunn, it does a great job about him wanting to be the guy somewhere. Uh, he ended up back with the Chiefs. It's not the guy role, but he had an injury-filled season, and, and it was unfortunate. That's been the case for him since the beginning of his career. But if he can stay healthy, I'm really intrigued to, to see, is if is this the weapon uh, that is going to, to be the go-to guy for Lamar Jackson? And you know, I, I think there was a, a storyline here where the Chiefs didn't want him anymore. They were sick of the injuries and, and whatnot. And the Ravens and the Chiefs, they do have this out-of-division type of AFC rivalry going. So that's just another minor storyline entering the 2021 season as well. I'm upset. I'm really more upset for Joe Burrow than anybody else because you're right. Like at least Indianapolis has this like stable of of young bucks who we're all excited about. I yeah. I'm sorry. I cannot get excited about Sammy Watkins. I respect your your respect for him. I suppose, uh, <laughs> but I mean, it's just I don't know. I'm I'm upset that these these quarterbacks. I mean, it's this is an obvious recipe that they need to follow and they didn't and so it it reminds me honestly of when the Dallas Cowboys tried to go at the 2018 season after they released Des Bryant I mean and it was really bad and thankfully they realized in the middle of it you know what we need some wide receiver star power let's trade for Amari Cooper and they did and obviously everything's been great since then and I just think that, that that's the situation I know I know there wasn't a lot but I just cannot believe that the Giants were the team that ended up with Kenny Galladay when it was all said and done. But uh, Pete, before we move on to our least surprising things, let's take a very quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. All right, welcome back, everybody. It is Monday, Football Monday. I am RJ Ochoa. Those are the beautiful baritone pipes of one Pete Sweeney. Pete, it is now time yes. to talk about things that you saw in the NFL machine this offseason. You said, yawn. You said, I knew this was coming. Pete Stradamus, I called it. This is not surprising <laughs> whatsoever. Kind of like Roman Reigns winning the thing or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, the first one is a great way to start, given what we just spoke about, and it is the Indianapolis Colts and Carson Wentz. 
this this has got to be, I think, the number one answer for everybody in the world. It was super predictable that this is the quarterback they would go out and get this offseason specifically. Yeah, I just everybody knew what was happening. I mean, there's it seemed like there's just a lot of loose lips in Philadelphia. No offense to uh, BLG, who handed out the come up of the week last week, which we haven't even discussed yet. But Phil Rivers retires. Uh, Frank Reich and Carson Wentz have this beautiful relationship. Philadelphia was done with Wentz and Wentz faltered under the pressure of having Hertz in the back pocket there and really shown out in 2020. And yeah, it just made sense. And and I think it was a trade that we all thought would happen. And then it eventually did. Not really surprising at all. I think where the mystery lies here is in Wentz and whether or not he will rise to the occasion. I I like the the chance here. I, I, I know that it's been like a common analyst thing to say. If anyone can do it, it's Frank Reich. I happen to think that he's the only person they can do it. I mean, this to me is is the last chance for for Wentz, who went from this MVP type of player to, I think, really an embarrassing stretch of his career. And so uh, that is intriguing to me now, now in Indianapolis, who have this history of really, really strong quarterback play with Peyton Manning. Uh, can Wentz uh, rise to, to that occasion? I am kind of out on Carson Wentz. And I this is a bit of a turn that I've made. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I wanted to believe in this. And in fact, I really hope I'm wrong because as a Cowboys fan, it would be hilarious if Carson Wentz was amazing with the Colts kind of returned yeah. to MVP form. It'd be awesome. Um, but, and this is something that I've spoken to BLG about here on uh, on the show, on, on the Espionation NFL show as a whole. Um, I don't like the way Carson Wentz has acted upon his arrival in Indianapolis. He is acting like somebody, like, Stats mentioned earlier the visceral report that the Athletic had about the Eagles organization uh, that came out on Monday. There's a lot to that that belongs on the shoulders of the Philadelphia Eagles. But Carson is not blameless in that capacity, right? Like Carson is a big problem. Carson has a lot of flaws. And he doesn't seem to me like somebody who is seeking atonement or, you know, realizes that he was flawed in any single way. I I don't know if that's your read on him because if if there's somebody who can read a book, it's Pete Sweeney. (laughs) I am a good reader, uh, dating back to my elementary school days. Uh, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, Lewis Riddick of ESPN uh, jumps out. I mean, that that's someone that it seems to be well-connected throughout many front offices, including Philadelphia, where he did work in the past. And it's a reclamation project. I mean, he has to be rebuilt, really, from what would be the ground up. And to your point, it doesn't really seem like he has that attitude, at least from outward looking in. Now, that being said, I mean, if you're at a press conference, you want to instill confidence in the team, regardless of what happened toward the end of the tenure in Philadelphia, you are the quarterback. So you have to show that you're a leader and you believe in your yourself first and foremost. It's really interesting I mean, how this plays out is going to be fascinating to watch. I, I'm a huge Chris Ballard fan. I did start. Well, he didn't start in Kansas City, but spent some time in Kansas City. Uh, I feel that Reich and Ballard came to an agreement that they they believe that they can reverse the course with Wentz. And so let's see if they can do it. To me, it feels like, and I'll be honest, have you seen the new uh, Justice League, the Snyder Cut? No. I'm, I haven't either. But but you've seen your handful of DC movies, right? Like all yeah, the super... Like, sure. and, yeah. But so like the knock on them, like as a whole, right? Like all of their proprietary films is like, oh, you know, this is the one. We're like, we're, we're really starting the DCU right. universe. And this just feels like that to me. You know what I mean? Like this, this is the latest, you know, 
whether it's Wonder Woman or the Joker movie or the new Robert Patton. Like, actually, that's who Carson Wentz is. He's Robert Pattinson Batman. That that's who he is. Like, it's uh, guys. He, seriously, this is going to work out. Like, no, it just it it feels wonky from the start. The Colts just have a really strong team otherwise, right, than the quarterback position. I mean, I I tend to think, you know, in a magical world, we're talking the TC universe, if you could put Wentz after being rebuilt and throw him into last or last year's, I believe it was the wild card game against the Buffalo Bills, do they win that game? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I I think uh, they're they're a quarterback away, right? And is Wentz going to be that guy? That's the question. Million dollar question, if you will. Before we keep moving on with things that we had on our rundown, Pete, I do want to surprise you with one. Um, I I actually am surprised by this. I know the topic at hand is things that we were not surprised by, uh, but Adam Schefter tweeted out, Cardinals acquisition of wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins has received the Alpha Award for Best Sports Transaction of the Year from the MIT Sloan Sports Analytics Conference, an announcement mm. made at the group's 2021 gathering on Friday. The Alpha Award, Pete. Is so, this the first annual? I've never heard of this award. I mean, I don't know, uh, but... <laughs> it's got to um, be. I've never heard of a transaction award, right? <laughs> but, well, it's an analytics-based thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, that makes sense. But it, over, if we're looking at the 2020 season, because um, obviously this was a 2021 award that was based off of it, would you yeah. say that that's the transaction that you are, would, would award the Alpha Award to? I would not, which is why I'm surprised by this. Trying to to think and what Miami has done and acquiring draft capital for the one. It's one line. move, one single Lar- move. Laramie Tunzel has been very, very impressive. I mean, yeah, what, isn't it a wild amount of first round picks? Is, you know, I don't have it in front of me, but. Yeah, but technically that was like those were subsequent trades. You know what I mean? Like it's it, it, it is all linked back to the land. But I think the grading of it would would literally be the Tunsil to Houston trade. It's funny uh, that both of these transactions we're talking about. Who do they go back to? Bill O'Brien, who's buried right now in Alabama, doesn't have to speak to the media at all because he's just the offensive coordinator. Right now, I will say I don't even think that that DeAndre Hopkins was the best wide receiver that was acquired last year. I think that this, if you're really wanting to hand out an alpha award, it's Stefan Diggs. I don't know yeah. how. Like, Stefan, cha- like, cool. DeAndre. Well, you got to think that, you got to think, though, too, in, in that deal, it's not so lopsided because Justin Jefferson proved to be a star. So I guess that's fair. Like, if you're, if you're counting, you know, like overall acquisition versus cost, um, you know, Houston. Or you know, Houston's you know botching looks worse than Minnesota's because they yeah. Did walk I mean, if forward. Jefferson wasn't grittying all year in the end zone, then I think you have a really good good point. The the acquisition of Hopkins, who basically won you that that football game against the Buffalo Bills, right? You know, I, I don't think there's a lot of receivers that are catching that pass in the end zone uh, like Hopkins did uh, for what it was a second round pick, and so you know, I could I could see where where they would give that the Alpha Award. Mm. By the way, Adam Schefter added a, a threaded tweet to this and said a rare L for Tom Brady and the Bucks. That's the other thing. Like, like you could consider that acquisition as an alpha one over like that's like DeAndre Hopkins in Arizona is awesome. But right. again, I, I would take Stefan Diggs and, and certainly Tom Brady ahead. of Yeah, me. nothing against Tom Brady. I mean, that Super Bowl was more about the defense. But yeah, Tom was all right there. Um, let's get back to things that did not surprise us off of this particular thing that did. Um, the Los Angeles Chargers took care of QB1. Between you, Corey Lindsley, the best center on the open market, one of the best centers in the NFL, will now be hiking the ball to Justin Herbert. And 
I realize this is a bit contradictory because the Chargers always surprise people because they don't yep. get anything right. Um, however, I do feel like, and maybe I'm just like this year's guy, I mm-hmm. do feel like they have identified the error of their ways and yep. they realize what they have in Justin Herbert. And unlike Indianapolis, Baltimore, and Cincinnati, who didn't really give their quarterbacks anything special, you know, this is you've seen Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. Uh, the, the the neighbor the right the, the neighbor who who took care of his son and got him the turbo man action figure wrapped in the turbo man you know uh wrapping paper that's justin herbert is the neighbor kid you know his right. his family took care of him and got him a turbo man yeah what i found interesting about this deal in particular is i believe that there was some chief's interest in lindsley and chiefs were also connected to Rodney Hudson, who the Raiders were supposed to release and then ended up trading him to the Cardinals. And so Hudson uh, might have signed with the Chiefs and didn't have the opportunity to. And the Chiefs ultimately ended up signing Austin Blythe uh, from the Los Angeles Rams, which is no offense to Blythe, who, who might do a great job in Kansas City. But that's a little bit of a consolation prize to Lindsley. And so I always like when teams are able to what I call them like swing deals so not only did they get the protection for uh, what would be herbert but they prevented that protection Mm. for uh, patrick mahomes and when you're going up against uh, a team you know one-on-one to win a division those types of deals especially in the trenches matter and i i think herbert has proven to be what i would consider a franchise quarterback i think he has potential top five quarterback in the league upside and so let's protect him and now see what he can do when he has even a little bit of a more time, even if that's a second or two. Mm, right on. Congratulations to Justin Herbert. Now has a brand new center, a.k.a. a Turbo Man action figure. Uh, <laughs> Pete, you put this on the rundown. Tom Brady convinced the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team to try and yeah. run it back. This this didn't surprise you at all. No, I and I again, I, I saw it in Kansas City the year before with Patrick Mahomes taking less money, getting players back in the mix and and on deals and in contracts and tom brady did the same i think the reported number out there was that he was able to save like 19 million against the cap and you know that he was calling these guys to make sure that they were back in the mix they end up franchise tagging uh, chris godwin who to me right now is brady's favorite target they got all 22 starters i believe the chiefs only had the 20 of 22 and so they, you know they're really really trying to run it back or as bruce arian said at the parade not that uh, run it back s that's some kansas city s i'm not going to say the word here because we're a family show uh they're trying to make it a two in a row or whatever so yeah they're they're all in and i think brady is just an easy guy to get behind so that didn't surprise me at all I think this is a really great answer for at least surprising things because the other thing that was like incredibly not shocking at all during the season was when they signed Antonio Brown, right? Like you remember, yeah. but when the season started, Bruce Arians, oh no, hell no, we're not going to sign Antonio. Right. It's a, okay, dude. Wait till wait till Tom Brady gets his foot, you know, kind of firmly in places. You'll do whatever Tom Brady wants. If that's Antonio right. Brown, it's Antonio Brown. If it's building an entire sports complex to kind of funnel a whole lot of things in, it's doing that too. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. Um, I am actually, I don't know why I'm personally still surprised by this, but I think that generally I am not surprised by it, which is annoying. Uh, we've already mentioned BLG. I know this is a hill that he is on as well. So we both share real estate here. Uh, something that is not surprising this NFL offseason, Pedro, Sean McVay isn't taking any heat in the aftermath 
of the quarterback trade that the Los Angeles Rams made. Uh, and I think that you could like stretch that point to a, a whole different you know level of places because the Rams continue to trade away their first round picks, uh, which is a level of belief in Sean McVay fine. And the Rams have obviously been very competitive and, and they want a playoff game like they're a very good football team. I'm not trying to say that they're not, but right. you know, Sean McVay is like untouchable in, in NFL media, you know, and while I fully agree that Jared Goff limited, you know, his offense and, and what they're capable of doing. And I certainly believe that Matthew Stafford can, can take them to higher highs. Like Sean McVay deserves some heat for this, you know, like, and, and he, he gets well, he, none. He traded away his own safety net because for whatever reason, and you're right, Goff was just always looked at as like, you know, like he's, the o- like he's the only problem. And I'm not saying that Goff System is not a problem. Right. Yeah. But, and I, I certainly don't want to like hitch my take to Jared Goff, but I mean, it, it's okay to say that Sean McVay is flawed. And I feel like this this mm. whole situation has just turned into like a national dumping on Goff because it's easy and it makes sense versus, you know, hey, like it was a mixture and a myriad of reasons why it was never going to work in, in a proper way. Yeah, and now Goff is in Detroit, and you've now seen this a couple times. We we talked about Darnold before, where these quarterbacks are just happy to be wanted, and it seems like you know Detroit is going to give him an opportunity to really revamp his career and uh, eat, eat some tasty kneecaps and, and so on and so forth. But now the safety net is gone for McVay in L.A. If they're not able to you know, get over that hump and, and get back into that Super Bowl um, NFC title type of mix there's no more excuse for him i mean matt stafford is very 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 talented uh, quarterback talk about the fantasy angle of that man that's, oh. that's that's a dark that's a dark horse sleeper for you this year um probably probably can can get him you know fifth rounder later and that's going to be a great pick anyway um so i i i know what you mean but he also now if they don't succeed then the mcveigh questions are are going to have to start to be asked I just think if if we power ranked, you know, people whose transgressions or mistakes don't ever lead to them taking any blame or accountability for them, Sean McVay would be at the top of that list, right? I think, um, you know, our final thing we'll get to involves this player. Sean Drew- Payton, you know, talk about Sean's in the league. Sean Payton is another one who That's really hasn't, point. hasn't been able to get his mojo back since that Super Bowl. And they went seven uh, to nine, three years in a row. And like, people just forget that. I mean, right. you know, Kevin James probably didn't, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, well, I you just, know, we know that Kevin James is a method actor. So of course not. That's a good point. Um, so yeah, I'm just saying like, I'm not saying I want to see heat on Sean McVay, but you know, just, just have the proper full contextualized conversation. That's all I'm saying. Uh, okay. we have two, two more Pedro. Uh, the first one up. This is not surprising in any way, shape, or form. The Pittsburgh Steelers believe that everything is going to be totally fine in 2021. We just, you know, like, I think we all look at the Buccaneers bringing everybody back and we're like, that makes sense. Like, your roster right. was amazing. You you just dominated a lot of people. And I know the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, did a great job for most of the season, but then the bottom fell out. And I think that that bottom really fell out. And I know Juju's back on a one-year deal. He chose Pittsburgh over Kansas City. That's the biggest mistake of the offseason, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but this just yeah, this, I just you this know, is going to be a disaster. Yeah, I just I mean I think it was just so clear that Big Ben ran out of gas, and now what the NFL has done is they added an additional game, and so now he's not only he's going to have to play another week before the playoffs begin, and 
crazy that you know that they bring Juju back in when it, it didn't even really seem like they were featuring him that much anymore. More of a Deontay Johnson and a James Washington situation. Look, I'm not going to get too hard on the Steelers for not having a great running back situation, but Connor walks. And right now, the running backs in your roster are Benny Snell, Anthony McFarlane, and Kalen Bellage. I just don't know what they're doing. But again, what, what is almost surprising in a way is it's not all that surprising. That they right. just think it's going to be great. Um, it, it, it seems like, you know, like when they people compare, when they do experiments on rats and the rats just doing the same thing over and over and over again and just expecting something to be different. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know about this situation. A lot of people hold on way too long. And I think that, Ben Roethlisberger's time with the Steelers is the latest example of that. I, I really, I mean, like just off the top of my head, looking at the AFC, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you teams I think are undeniably going to finish with better records than the Steelers this season, Buffalo, New England, Baltimore, Cleveland, Tennessee, Indianapolis is kind of my push line, Kansas city, obviously the chargers. And I'll throw, I'll throw the whole AFC West in there. Yeah. I don't know about the whole AFC West, but. <laughs> They, there's a couple teams for sure. They're the Broncos. Uh, That's who they are. Like they're the Broncos in terms of ceiling. I think it also too. I, I just think it's telling that JJ Watt had his pick of any team in the league, pretty much. Mm. And I know that you love to talk about that. And uh, he ended up, you know, not wanting to necessarily play with his brother. I knew that. You know, I know. I realized that it would have taken some facelifting of that cap and and whatnot to get it done, but. I mean, he went completely to you know another organization in in Arizona, and and that's a once in a lifetime opportunity. I mean, now that he's not gone to Pittsburgh, he's not going to get a chance to play with his brothers. And so, uh, yeah, I think he realized that that is uh, the Titanic of the NFL, and decided to uh, go and and join the motor speedboat that is the Arizona Cardinals. Well, this is, I mean, it's it's so predictable that this is going to end poorly for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So you heard it here first on the Espionation NFL show. Finally, Pete, um, this maybe is the winner for the least surprising thing in the NFL this offseason. Drew Brees retired. Goodbye. There was that one question where the parking lot workout came out and people were wondering, well, what's going to happen? I mean, we knew this a year in advance. He, he set up his contract so you know, he could retire and, and give the new orleans some some room there and then so he retires and and if there's one surprising thing about it it's that they are not going in a specific direction a quarterback it's it's sounds like it's going to be a battle between Jameis winston and Taysom hill i know who i'm rooting for which is Jameis winston of course because i love uh winston and the fact that he's trying to rebuild his career in the same division i think that's just such an awesome storyline and, and something to watch but uh but yeah i mean he was always retiring and then he did I just, I can't, I still can't decide how I feel about the fact that he waited as long as he did to do it. Um, and he has, he hasn't like explicitly said it, but it, it is incredibly obvious that he waited to do it on the anniversary of his, you know, original joining the Saints. Is that, is that cool? Do we think that's cool? Do we think that's, you know, that was unnecessary? Like, you know, like, what are our full thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I think he wanted to come full circle. I mean, it's a very thoughtful guy and he's really beloved in new orleans and by the media and fans and and likewise and i don't know it, it was it was a player that had an nbc job lined up i you know so everyone knew eventually what he was going to do so yeah i, I you know I, I probably wanted to make sure probably wanted to sleep on it for a couple of weeks and made the decision we all thought he would 
Okay, Pete. Uh, well, that about does it for our most and least surprising things of the NFL offseason so it's far. Good conversation today. I know. I mean, I enjoyed it. It sounds like you did too. I mean, yeah, uh, I loved it. <laughs> uh, what is something? Let's let's end on this note. What is yeah. something that is going to be on each of these two lists when we do this show a year from today? Now you're putting me on a spot. Do you have answers? Do you want to go first so I can think about this? I'll go first. Um, I think the most surprising thing a year from today is, and it will it will be so talked about that it will become annoying, is going to be that the New England Patriots stormed back with authority. And I know that we kind of like touched on that, but they're going to be really good. And people are like, there's going to be the like take of like, oh my gosh, this was so predictable or whatever. But there's going to be the people that were like, no, they were really bad. And, you know, whether it's Cam or it's like, I think, I think it would be hilarious because we, we saw a level of history this past year, obviously, in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers being the first home team to win the Super Bowl. I think yeah. it would be incredible just within the like Tom Brady Patriots storyline if the Patriots then went on to become the first team to have a rookie quarterback win the Super Bowl. Um, just like immediately after that, that would that would be a proper like, you know, domino effect of what happened with Tom Brady in Tampa. So I'll say that. Halfway through his contract, John Gruden fired by the Las Vegas Whoa. Raiders because they just cannot get over the hump that is the Kansas City Chiefs. Wow. <laughs> that would be I do think it's really unfortunate for John Gruden that like the moment he decided to like return, and it right. was a cool thing. I mean, certainly as a wrestling fan, I think you can agree that like right. it, it coincided with the arrival of Patrick Mahomes. Like that's just, that's a really unfortunate thing for him. Um, well, your least surprising thing a year from now. I have one ready if you, if you need a moment. I mean, I, I talked I about it on Pete for everybody to be to earlier be to on the Pete. podcast. It's, it's Mahomes as the odds on favorite to win the MVP, winning the MVP in the off season. I had two and one of them edged the other out, but I'll go ahead and just say them both. It's going to be Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers discontent with their teams. And it's it's going to be, you know, like they're going to be the guys that are floated in the trade, you know, discussions, but it's going to be it so like not that in, Yeah, it has seemed like that in Seattle where I think Russell Wilson's going to be the quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks in 2021, but the 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 prevailing thought that seems to be coming out of Seattle is that it just is going to be for this year and he'll be with a new team in 2022. So what's the only way that maybe he can stay in Seattle? It's if they have some success in 2021. If not, I I do think that Wilson will be playing for a different team in 2022. See, I'm concerned because I do think they'll both be playing elsewhere in 2022. And if we're considering options, right, like 2022 quarterback vacancies, I don't know that there are, are any that are more obvious than the non-Dallas Cowboys teams in the NFC East. Maybe yeah. the Detroit Lions, but like I think you could, and and the Bears, right? Like those are your and five. You, thinking, you think about a, uh, you know, maybe you finally give up on Denny Dimes. You have a Rogers to Kenny Galladay situation in New York. Oh, oh God, that sounds so terrible. Why would you, oh. <laughs> with with Jason Garrett coordinating the offense? Why would we yeah. want this in any way? Uh, but yeah, Russell to Chicago next year is. You think like McCarthy? A- you think Mike McCarthy survives next offseason? Yeah, because I think I think in many ways, like last off last year is is kind of a of a unique pass for right. McCarthy. But um, okay, okay, everybody, make sure to subscribe to the SB Nation NFL Show. Make sure to leave a rating, write a review. Those things are massively appreciated. You can follow Pete Sweeney on Twitter at PG Sweeney. That's Pete Gary Sweeney, right? Gerard, 
Gerard, I was close. Uh, very close. You can follow yeah. me on Twitter at RJ Ochoa. Uh, Pete Gerard, PGS, RJO. Hope everybody has a great week. We'll see you next Monday. I love it. <laughs>